Punk's not dead, and neither is New Wave. Join Buzz and Ben on Static Rage, the Punk and New Wave album review podcast. Welcome everyone back to Static Rage, the Punk and Post-Punk and New Wave podcast. I am here in Milwaukee, or for the time being anyway, dun-dun-dun, scary, scary. And with me as always is Buzz Will. How you doing tonight, Buzz? Trying not to drown the flood that's currently going on outside right now, Ben. Um, hopefully the sisters will have mercy upon you. Hopefully they will. They will bring their religious orders down upon us and save us from this corrosion. <laughs> exactly. If you haven't guessed by now, we are covering the second studio album by the British dark wave techno, several different modifiers band, the Sisters of Mercy Floodlands. And let's just go ahead and kick off the personnel on this album before we get into far into this. So yeah, we have it won't take long. It won't take long at all. <laughs> there's three. No, there's two people in this band, and then someone else so let's start off it's andrew eldritch does vocals composing keyboard synthesizers guitar bass drum machine programming yes also with him is his uh i don't know if she was ever his girlfriend but they were together for a little bit uh patricia morrison on bass and backing vocals which morrison is not her real last name and the probably one of my earliest crushes as a kid so it's nice no, I to... thought you were going to say that about Dr. Avalanche for a second. That's <laughs> like... No, no. Dr. Avalanche is something completely different. Dr. Avalanche is an enigma even up to myself. That for is those... one of the best stage names of all time, though. <laughs> who are you? I am Dr. Avalanche. <laughs> for those who don't know, Dr. Avalanche is the name of the drum machine. That's how insane Andrew Eldridge is. He actually yes. named his drum machine. <laughs> hmm. Amazing. Amazing. Um, there are three different run times for this album, depending on what format you bought it on. If you got it on LP, it was 45 minutes and 27 seconds. If you got it on cassette, it was 53 minutes and 28 seconds. And if you got it on CD, it was 60 minutes and 51 seconds. Yeah, it, it's all just depending on what you're listening to. You might get a different outcome each time. It's kind of like a choose your own adventure only with music. That is true, because they also varied the track order depending on what format it was released yes they did i was i was waiting to see if you were going to bring that up before i did but yeah so depending on which version you listen to all the songs are there but they're not in the same order that you might remember with the first time you heard them oh goodness the first time i heard it um i'm assuming it was Hmm. That is a great question, and I have no idea. I don't remember what the the um, listening was the first time I heard it, but I think it's close to how I listen to it now, which would have been Dominion, Mother Russia, then Flood, One, Lucretia, My Reflection, 59, This Corrosion, Flood 2, Driven Like Snow, and Neverland. I, I'm not even going to try. I don't remember the first time I heard this album. Uh, it's It was a while um Again, it was my early, well, my late days in middle school getting into serious into music. Um, funny enough, though, I do I did know who the band was before I heard the album. Um, I remember seeing the video for this corrosion on MTV when I was a young, like young little lad, 
And I remember thinking, wow, this is so 80s. And then as I got older, I'm like, what, that was goth? That that looked like a commercial for you know Michael Keaton's Batman movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. If you've never seen that video, it looks just like that. If you ever saw the first Batman movie that Tim Burton did, it's essentially that. They're like an old cathedral. It's raining. People are disheveled. Uh, uh, Eldritch is walking around without a shirt on. He's wearing aviator sunglasses. He's got like a leather jacket on at some point. So, I, yeah, it's it's very... Very 80s, and for those of you that might uh, do a little role-playing, if you've ever looked at any of the images in the World of Darkness books, especially the earlier ones, it, that pretty much is a World of Darkness uh, art page. Yeah, no, dude, it, it is so 80s vampiric chic that it's... And I don't know if it was intentionally... Oh, I'm sure it was intentionally that, what am I saying? Um, but it totally is. I mean, from... Think Lost Boys, think Near Dark, think Lucretia, My Reflection, that, and it, it's all essentially the same thing. Yeah, I was, I, I'm, I'm glad you brought up Near Dark, because that's a very underrated movie. Oh, yeah. Uh, which I could go off on a tangent on that one, too. But, uh, yeah, this, so if you've, if you've never heard of this band, um, it's, it's kind of like that. It's got a very 80s sound to it, but it's very much dark wave. And I, we talked about on our Joy Division episode that certain bands did not like the term goth or gothic rock or being referred to as a goth band. Um, some of them might have mumbled it. Sisters of Mercy is the one that actually got seriously angry when people called them that because they did not see themselves as a goth band. So it's yeah. kind of important little tidbits to know there. Yeah, well, I mean, in, even though we're not doing the first album – there is a significant stylistic shift from that first album to this one. This one I do feel is very goth or at least dark wave and how much of a difference there is between goth and dark wave. I guess it's a conversation that we can have, but I do not have a problem image wise or music wise looking at this and using the term goth for it. Well, if you want, we can, we can start off that conversation a little bit tonight and then, as we get another band in, we can continue that conversation. Sure, sure. All right, man. So where do you want to start? Well, I guess let's start with why I think this is a goth album and not just a dark wave album. Let me start there. Sure. So for me, and this is just my personal opinion, because depending on who you ask, they'll, they might give you another one as is with a lot of ways in different music. Um, the reason I feel this is more goth than dark wave is to me, dark wave is more synthesizer based. Like there's a lot more focus on electronic music. And while there's only three, two people on this album and a drum machine, you could make that argument. However, most of the music is being made by conventional instruments. So you have a lot of bass, which this is a very bass driven album. Um, the song 1959 is, has a piano playing in the back. There's no like dance music of any type. Yeah. Um, so to me, it's dark wave. If it, you could possibly like dance to it, and it still has dark lyrics, whereas the term goth is that weird. We're no longer punk, but we're not exactly metal, and we just have these dark lyrics. And there might be a drum machine in the background, but really we're primarily just guitars and and bass and a singer. So that's how I always looked at it. Okay, that's, that's fair. Um, and I would agree with that, that there's just not enough electronic elements in it to, for it to really truly be dark wave. But 
I, I do think, and I don't think we've said what year this came out. Uh, it was 1987. Yeah, which is probably, it might be a bit late for True Dark Way, but I would still consider it in that first, no pun intended, wave of bands. So I can kind of see it as a grandfather of Dark Wave or a grandmother, whatever the case may be. Or a distant uncle, I guess, whichever you want to want to call it that. Um, but yeah, I, I I would too. It's 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 funny because Dark Wave had already been around by now, but I don't think it was as popular. Um, certainly not as much as New Wave was. But um, I mean, you could you could make the argument that Dark Wave. There are some parts on this album that it does lend itself to that genre. But I still, at the end of the day, I still file this under a goth album, and I will continue calling it a goth album until the day I die, probably. Fair enough. I mean, like I said, I I also have no problem with it being called a, a goth album. And uh, for those that don't know, um, the name Sisters of Mercy actually comes from a Leonard Cohen song. And if you've ever heard of Leonard Cohen, there's a lot of similarities between Andrew Eldridge's voice and Leonard Cohen's. Oh, I think he's a much better singer than Leonard Cohen. I, I like I just, Leonard Cohen's voice, but his voice is just so deep that there are times when it it's he's going so low because of his voice that it just is like scraping against concrete, you know. Um, I think Eldridge's voice is easier to listen to. I guess is what I'm saying. More versatile. I, I, yeah, I can agree with that. Um, there, there's a lot of there's a lot of parts where he'll hit certain points in the songs and I'll be like, wow, I wish you could, I almost wish you could go up an octave because I'm really enjoying this. And if you could just sing a little bit higher pitch, man, this yeah. would be, man, this song would be so much more fire. Um, not that there's anything wrong with the singing style. It fits. Oh, no. um, that, and it's something I wanted to bring up too, before we get too far along in um, with a lot of goth music, you're either a very good singer or you have a, very if you're a male a very deep voice and you happen to make it work which is what happens in this case or if you're a female you have a very high pitch voice i'm not going to say shrill because uh, shrill has a negative feel to it but a very high pitch voice and the music works in that way so to me there's not a lot of goth bands that have that just really amazing operatic voice we're, we're probably going to talk about a few on this podcast but yeah this this falls into the the ladder of Deep bar- baritone voice by himself. I don't know that I'd like it, but with the music, it really does fit, and I, it, it just it works. So maybe it's because I am a baritone, but I generally like baritone voices. Um, and actually, I've been told that my singing voice is truly a bass instead of a baritone, but I I really don't know because that was fuck a long ass time ago. That's that's fair. Um, I know when. There's there's a lot of people that will try to say there's something and then they they get confused and I, I, I don't I don't like going into it um just because that's not a that's that's a conversation for another time yeah I mean but I, well, can, I can where I, I heard it from was my choir director so yeah I can I can definitely see as a as a bass I I don't really quite go baritone because you're not quite that deep but you're it's, it's still deep it's deep enough to definitely not be tenor yeah yeah definitely. I, don't have the range anyway of a tenor. Uh, anyway, that's neither here nor there because people don't they don't give a shit what my singing voice sounds like. Um, 
back to this. I think that it would depend on what he was doing. If he was just, if it was just him singing without any musical accompaniment, I think it would depend on what he was singing as to whether I would like it. What I found very interesting was his accent in his singing. Because, and I don't know if it was on purpose or if he actually is of Eastern European descent, but it didn't really have like a an English accent. And this is an English band, but it, it did kind of have that vague Eastern European accent. And I don't know if he was affecting that because he wrote this in Hamburg and there's so much of it talking about like the, the opening track, just to go ahead and talk about it. Um, Dominion, Mother Russia is a critique of the U.S. response to Chernobyl and, you know, saying that Berlin should be turned over to the Soviet Union. <laughs> so eh, a little a little Soviet bloc leaning there. So uh, it, and maybe knowing that affected how I heard his voice, but it did seem to me that he was doing something. And, and that was another thing I was going to I was going to bring up, and I'm glad you already did again. Um, so when we talked about our podcast, we always talk about politically charged lyrics, and this is one of them. Um, it's kind of funny because when I was younger, I first heard the song, I didn't quite realize what it was talking about. And of course, I didn't really pay much attention to it when I was a younger, uh, younger kid as well. Um, so when I grew up a little bit and started listening to it again and tracked down the video for it, because I have a weird thing about seeing if there's a video to go with a certain song, um, First off, when you see the video, it has nothing to do with either the U.S. or or Russia, but it has everything to do with like Jordan because there's plenty of shots of of uh, the city of Petra and uh, Andrew in a bright white suit sipping coffee in a Moroccan coffee house. I, that I, sounds like a very cool video. I've never actually seen it. It also <laughs> sounds like the real video. It does. It actually, <laughs> I was like, I was like, this is so 80s. How is this a goth song? But okay, whatever. Um, it. It, but it does. You, it kind of tricks you because it's like, oh, normally when a band does this back then, it's they're blatant about what it's what it's talking about, you know, or like, oh, we can't really discuss this. So, I mean, I use I use uh, um, I use that song "Sunglasses at Night." If you ever see the video for it, yeah, yeah, yeah. He when he's getting arrested and going through the the prison, mm -hmm. that song was not originally about like some chick. It was about him trying to avoid a totalitarian government. So, yeah. I mean, it's it's like little illusions like there, and this one didn't have it. It was just like I'm I'm in the middle of a middle of a desert singing in my bright white suit sipping coffee, so that's it's kind of awesome. But um, well, I think if he was, I mean, the Mother Russia coda is a little bit overt, I think, to, to Dominion. But I agree that Dominion itself, the lyrics are somewhat obfuscated. But honestly, in '87 trying to get any kind of airplay with this in the U.S. would have been very difficult. It was much more overt. <laughs> right, and I think that's why their single was This Corrosion and not that song, because I, I believe I remember reading somewhere where it said that he uh, he's quoted as saying he would have rather had Dominion be the, uh, the single, but with politics being what it is, they decided against that. Yeah, it was a single, at least in the UK. I don't know whether it was here or not. It's hard to say. I don't remember. 
It could be. Um, it, it very well could be. Um, and another thing that in, happened during this, um, there's a song on here called Lucretia, My Reflection, which... I Lucretia, believe, My Reflection. I believe you, you quite enjoy. Um, I do, I do. The, this song is actually about welcoming their bassist, Patricia, into the band. Yes. Because he saw he saw her as a Lucretia Borgia individual, type of individual, which I thought was rather interesting. And I, I don't know that I would consider that a good thing. I mean, I, maybe I don't she did, but... but... That's 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 every everything that I've looked up on that song. That's what it was about, and I was like, "Huh, yeah, okay, that's cool, I guess." Yeah, totally. And you know, with the tag, my reflection, I guess it is should be considered a good. It's basically saying that you are my female counterpart. Oh, here we go. Here we go. Uh, he called the creation my reflection his welcome on board Patricia song. That was in welcome on board Patricia's in quotations. Same. Uh-huh. He always had thought of her as a Lucretia type person. Huh. He thought of the song as regarding innocence inherited as opposed to environmental. So. Okay. Go. That answers that question. It does. It does. It's also so, interesting that Jim Steinman of Meatloaf fame was a producer for a couple of tracks on this album. Could you could you imagine me love singing some of these songs? I can, and it would be kind of epic, honestly. I don't know that they're theatrical enough for him. Um, Dude, I think you make it theatrical, and 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 I'm gonna go off on just a quick tangent before before we continue. Um, I I actually do like Meatloaf. I know a lot of people kind of make fun of me for that, but I'm like, if you've ever actually heard him sing his other shit other than that one that got all the radio play, and like actually see him at his shows, he's actually he's actually a pretty badass entertainer. Oh no, I I like I don't I won't go so as far as to say that I like everything that Milo has done, but both Bad Out of Hell one and two are pretty badass albums. Yeah, so I just I I, I had to th- when you said that I had to think about that going yeah I could I could see him doing this I I feel like this would be right up his alley. Without a doubt, without a doubt. So we've kind of been all over the place talking about this thing. Um, I guess the people out there listening to us can tell we probably like it by now. Yeah, I would think so. I mean, is there anything about it that you don't like? Not, not really. Um, the pacing was very well done for me. I, I really did enjoy the pacing of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I enjoyed the lyrical content a lot. I mean, it's one of these again uh, with dark wave goth being the the darker side of punk, if you will. Um, a lot of times lyrics make you have to sit there and think while retaining that that's um, kind of slightly rebellious attitude that punk had and I appreciate that and I mentioned in previous podcasts I enjoy bands that can make me think and make me go I have to think about these lyrics and what they actually mean because it's not just a bunch of bullshit written down on paper it's like oh we're trying to say something um, and you know it's and I wouldn't go far as to say that it's complete poetry but if you can I guess you could argue that point that it's basically poetry under music, but um, I think it has pretensions of that. Whether it actually reaches it or not, I can't say. But I mean, I'm I'm like you. I, I'm a fan of it. And there's something about this specifically 
and some of the other goth stuff too. And I think it was because of the 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 fact that even though I'm not, I don't consider myself a horror fan in the way that my friends who are super duper into horror are horror fans. So let me preface it by saying that. But there is something about this, and the I use the term as vampire chic very specifically. And it's not just because it was used by White Wolf Games when they were creating the line. But if you've ever read an Anne Rice novel, or even if you read the original Dracula, there is a certain subliminal carnality to it. And this style of music, and even this, that fuck the video for Lucretia, My Reflection, where he's just, you know, there in his leather pants and his leather jacket with the aviators and bare-chested and everything, and has a riding crop at one point. And, and, um, and, the, and, the, and the piston's moving very suggestively, don't forget. Yeah, that. yeah, 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 totally. Um, so there, there is a, a certain carnality to this that I liked. It, unlike punk, which was kind of rebellious but rebellious in a way that we're going to set something on fire and maybe spit in your face this was rebellious in a a very different way and as somebody who when this came out i was like 11 years old so i wasn't there yet but in a few years when we're getting into the 90s and i'm starting to go through puberty i really keyed into it and that darkness that carnal darkness i found really appealing which might be why I'm into BDSM now. Who knows? <laughs> Very well, might be. So I, I just I, I was looking down at the uh, at the Wikipedia page while you were talking, and how we were talking, how I was talking about how Dominion the the video for it was was uh, they they took some footage from uh, Petra. At the very yeah. last part of this, it says Eldritch called the video Lawrence of Arabia Part Two. <laughs> so, so there you go. Uh, I mean, at least he's humble. <laughs> oh, oh man, that's 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 awesome. <laughs> yeah, I, this uh, all all the dark lyrics in this. There's that. There's almost that sense of um, a seduction to it, which I think his voice helps out a lot. I really do. I get that whole like I could see someone in a position of power like trying to talk to someone that's not not in a position of power. Um, to convince them to do things um, in a way that's not necessarily degrading, but more like, yes, do this, and because I'm this this amazing person, and you love it, and etc. Um, there's always that just dark undertone with each song that he does on this, and I've their other albums are good, um, but this is probably my favorite album by them, uh, just just because to me it hits all the notes for me like every, everything that that makes a goth song goth kind of fits this so yeah yeah the de- the dude definitely has a cult of personality around him um at least on this album and honestly i i this is their my favorite album of theirs I don't know why that required such a pregnant pause, but it did. Um, yeah, without a doubt, this is my favorite Sisters of Mercy album. If for no other reason than I, we haven't really, I guess we can use this as a transition to talk about the songs that we haven't talked about. But Lucretia, My Reflection is one of my favorite songs from this era. Um, I also really like Dominion, Mother Russia, again, just because that was so not what anybody else in the U.S. was doing. Um, 
And then this corrosion, which I think you had some thoughts you wanted to share on this corrosion. So this corrosion is probably their more popular song. Like if anyone ever heard Sisters of Mercy, this is probably the song that pops up. And one of the reasons for that is eventually they will, on their later albums, they will release a version that's like 15 minutes long. And it's I supposedly what his original idea of that song was supposed to be. Um, like the choral, the choral arrangement at the beginning is a lot longer. Um, the music lasts a little bit longer, just things like that. Um, so it's a good song. Uh, it's not my favorite song, but it's a very good song. And there's a band in Nashville called Lamb Chop, and they are a neo-country band, so they kind of mix blues and country together fairly well. Um, and they're kind of goofballs, too, to add that in. Well, these are people that wear, like, trucker hats and play banjos. They covered this corrosion, and they did a pretty damn good job of it. Like, I, the first time I heard it a few years ago, I was seriously impressed. So, if you like the song, This Corrosion, and you want to get a different take on it of what it would sound like if it was a country song, you should really check that out, because it's kind of a badass cover. Yeah, without a doubt. I haven't listened to it yet, but I'm going to after this. And I, I like it when um, bands do that, that they take something that you wouldn't expect them to cover and then cover it. And it kind of goes back to um, a few weeks ago. I was I was talking about well, you and I were talking about the uh, just because you like a certain type of music doesn't mean you can sing that style, but you can sing something in a style. Right. And that's kind of what it reminded me of. And I, I, I don't know the guys. I mean, I'm, I'm 45 minutes away, and there's a shit ton of people in Nashville. But, uh, you know, part of me wonders, like, man, growing up, did you were you a goth kid or a punk kid? And he decided, man, I'm in my 30s now. I can't dress like this anymore, and it was going to take me seriously. But I still remember it. And even though I'm in this, in this like, kind of country-esque band, I'm going to cover a song that was from my childhood. And I'm going to do it well because I'm a good musician. And yeah. I feel like that kind of backs up what we were talking about with the, hey, you, you, yes, you can sing. You just may not be able to sing the kind of music that you like. So be happy with what you have. Pay homage to the stuff you listen to. And it just helps bring in this wider world of music for everyone to enjoy. Exactly, man. Exactly. So I think it's time to rate this thing. I would like you to go first, sir. I'll be nice. <laughs> well, I appreciate that. I'm going to go with a B plus. And the reason I'm going to go with a B plus is because despite the fact that, you know, I've been throwing a lot of praise on this album, which I think is deserved and on specific tracks, I'm really only, and granted we've talked about four tracks, which is half the album, but that still leaves half of the album out there. And those songs are only okay. In my opinion, if a few of them had been stronger, it would have pushed this into an, the A-levels for me. Um, mad props, though, considering it, this is effectively a one-man band. Um, but still, just a B-plus. I'm going to echo that sentiment, and I'll, I'll give my... Um, the reason I'm giving it a B-plus and not just a B is, again, mu musically, you know, I am with that. Like you said, this is effectively a one-man band with... Uh, one of his friends that played bass with him for a little bit and that's cool but you know this dude's doing all the music by himself so 
there's that reach of man you're just you're a talented individual um the reason that it's hard for me not to go above a b plus and i really do fluctuate somewhere between a b and b plus i know that's like a weird i know you're supposed to pick one or the other i really wish there was like a middle ground between the two um the other songs on here are, are like you said they're okay um i enjoyed 1959 a lot it was very slow paced not kind of what you're expecting um because it kind of takes you out of it for a little bit uh, yeah. But it has that very dark brooding feel. And with my goth, I'm not as picky about goth music as I am as I am with punk, because typically with most goth bands, I can still go, well, a few of these songs are okay, and maybe I like these other ones, but it doesn't mean they're a bad band. Um, when it when it comes to this one, man, this kind of checks all the all the all the boxes for me when it comes to goth songs and goth bands mm-hmm. in general. Mm-hmm. Um, I just everything's there for me, man. You got you got the darkness, you got the brooding the brooding sense that something is around the corner and it never really comes. It just kind of tricks you into it. Um, but at the same time, it's very fulfilling. I mean, there's that, that sense of, I didn't just listen to background music. I actually experienced music and yeah. that's, that's what gives it a B plus for me. And then of course, what keeps me from going from B plus day is simply that I, I wish the rest of the album would have been like that, but I didn't hate it. It was just kind of like a, Take away these four songs, I'd, I'd make it an A, but you know, to the four end to make it length, I get it. So B plus. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, and I, I don't hate those songs either. Um, and to your point, I think that there is something. I think that if you were to take an aggregate of the goth bands and an aggregate of punk bands, that the goth bands musicianship would be higher. Because you. And part of that might be because you are doing more studio trickery and overdubs and stuff like that. And it's not just guys grabbing a guitar and banging out some power chords and, and everything. Um, because in gothic music, the atmosphere is so important. And creating that atmosphere musically, in my opinion, takes a little bit more skill, even though you are working with certain tropes. It's not just a, um, we have something to say and we're going to say it, like you and Paul. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it's more of a we have something to say but we want to say it eloquently we want to make you think about it and we're also putting on a show so I want it to be as overwhelming not so overwhelming but as encompassing as I can make it um, as ornate as I can make it um, I would dare say as beautiful as I can make it depending on of course on the band um, but I I, I've always had that deep appreciation for the style of music, um, just because it, again, it's weird that it technically does come from that post-punk era, even though it's not really post-punk anymore. Um, yeah. So there's yeah. still that sense of rebellion that's coming from it. Yeah, I, I think you're right. Um, um, and I think punk also is attempting to make you feel something, but I think attempting to make you feel anger and maybe think about it, you know, in a certain way or, or to make you think. So all of it is meant to be evocative in a way that makes you think. Um, but goth is attempting to get you to feel a wider emotional palette, I think. It's, it's painting a picture with more colors. Now, all those colors are usually subdued hues and darker hues, but as opposed to like, the bright, angry colors that most punk bands are painting. And I'd agree with that. And there's there's also that sense of uh, being grown up a little bit 
and what I mean by that is with again with punk, everything is straight to the point, very quick, um, and you get your emotion quickly, and then it kind of goes away. Um, and with this kind of music, it's not like that. You mm-hmm. you have that sense of man. When I was younger, this is what I did. I still have that. I'm, I'm, I hate to sound stereotype with this, but I still got that fire inside of me. But I'm not young. I'm not as young as I used to be. I have to slow down, but I can still make my point. And I can do it in a way that it makes me seem more. I don't want to say more intelligent because again, there are bands out there that punk bands that have a lot of good like intelligence going on. Like we're going to talk about one of them here pretty soon. Oh, I mean, Bad Religion uh, when we talked about them yeah. a couple weeks ago. Exactly. So like the whole like thinking man's punk, like they can do yeah. that. But part of me wonders, you know, if they had like not not so much called it quits, but like man, we need to do something different. Let's change the name. We're all going to be together and just make like more grown-up music, if you will. And I don't mean that in a negative way, just as that um, music has matured rather than just stay in this one small genre and we can only do so much with it. And, oh, well, here we are, versus, hey, let's expand this a little bit and make it more far-reaching and maybe more people will enjoy it. Um, and and that, that's always this kind of sense I got from this, is, is goth music is what happens when you let a bunch of punk kids grow up and be a little bit on the depressed side, but still have a very creative side. Yeah. Oh, it, I can see that. And for that reason, for me, I think you can, and we talked about it in that episode, you can, I think that there is more of a line from Sisters of Mercy to Joy Division than, than there is of Sisters of Mercy to the Sex Pistols. I mean, the connection from the Sex Pistols to the Joy Division does exist, but I, I think that you can draw a more direct line back to Joy Division for goth music just because of the fact that the way that they expanded the sound by bringing in that depression and that self-doubt and not just being an angry band really opened up the emotional floodgates to where you could express more in the punk, or than punk, I should say. And I, I think that's a very apt description as well. Um, you, you don't have you, you're you're more you're able to do more with it. Um, there's it's not the hey we're gonna play three chords and in less than a minute and a half we're gonna have a song. Um, that's great sometimes. It's great you know for certain times in our life where we're just angry and want to get some aggression out. Um, but there's times when it's like man you just you you want to say more than just a few words and a few lyrics and just having high-speed music. Sometimes you have to slow things down so you can say more. Yeah, without a doubt. And I think that that is probably a good place to end this conversation on because um, any place else that I personally would want to take it would be involving bringing in artists that we haven't talked about yet, so I would rather save that to when we do talk about them. I would agree because there's so many artists we need to talk about there in this genre that we have not gotten to yet. Amen, my brother. Amen. Well, all right. Speaking of, mm-hmm. I do believe uh, after we've uh, gotten some help from the Sisters of Mercy getting through these floods, um, I, I fear we might have some violation going on. I, I do feel that we have been violated. I do. We've, we've, been, vi- we've been violated in a certain mode, if you will. <laughs> yes. Also a British mode. A Depeche mode. Yes, we'll, we'll be talking about that band next. Yes, their 1990 effort, Violator. Enjoy so, the silence. In silence, indeed.
All right, man. Thank you, everybody out there for listening. If you have any feedback, if you want to talk about some of your thoughts on goth and dark wave or give me pushback for saying that the other four tracks on this album aren't that great if you were like flood two is fucking amazing man just let me know you can hit us up on twitter you can hit us up on facebook yes you know how to get out of us by this point if you're listening so and if you don't just go back and listen to some episodes because clearly you haven't been listening yet and you need to tisk 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 With that, I will go ahead and sign off and uh, hope that everyone has a good evening, good night, wherever you may be, and uh, hope that we don't fall into a flood like we did tonight. Well, I do hear the sound of a big machine, but I'm just going to let it go. Just just make sure you don't let, let go of those dumb, dumb bullets, man. Just make sure you shoot to kill. <laughs> right, exactly. <laughs>